0: My name is Jason Selms. You are listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Thank you for joining me. Today I'm talking with Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party. Queensland Rep. Clem Wheatley. Now, we had a great chat on how the party's going to get registered in Queensland, how you can help the party out, and what they need from you to help to get the party registered in Queensland. We had a chat about their policies and what they'd like to achieve if they were elected in Queensland. We had a chat about the consistent media message and making sure the consistency is there across all platforms of media. And we also had a chat about the emergence of other parties, such as One Nation in Queensland, and what Shooters and Fishers and Farmers Party Queensland can offer over other pro-gun parties in Queensland. We had a chat about what they'd like to achieve if they were elected into the Parliament and say the top two or three things they'd like to achieve if they were elected in Queensland. As usual, the comments of the guests are theirs alone and do not necessarily represent uh, the views of AHP. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Without further ado, let's get into my interview. Episode 149, Clem Wheatley of Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party Queensland.
1: you listen to Australia's number one hunting, shooting, and fishing podcast.
0: All right, Clem Wheatley, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast, representing Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party Queensland. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Um, no thanks worries, mate. You. Tell us about yourself first. I want to find out who is Clem Wheatley, and I guess how did he get into you know shooting, hunting, possibly a bit of fishing? How did he get into all those?
1: Mate, I'm a 60-year-old uh, married man with three children and six grandchildren. I'm an earth-moving transport contractor in Queensland here. I've um, been into firearms most of my life, starting at a very early age, shooting pistol, rifle, shotgun. Uh, I'm a keen fisherman, water skier, uh, past professional radio competitor, keen four-wheel driver and off-road enthusiast. I've got three four-wheel drives, a Polaris quad, which I use for hunting, uh, involved with in the past with many shooting clubs and community organisations, um, such as you know regional development organisations, rural fire, volunteer rescue, the likes of that. Um, I guess my work history includes many years working in the agricultural prime production sector, farming, grazing, and irrigation. Uh, various positions in government agencies, such as local government, forestry, corrective services. Various, and you know uh, various management positions during that time I've had a fairly extensive practical experience in working with legislation particularly the drafting amendment and regulation of statutes I've sat on uh, government advisory boards working with government ministers and staff advising them on adoption and amendment of new and existing statutes I've lectured in certificate four courses in the practical interpretation and enforcement of legislation and um, as previously stated on Current owner and operator of a rural-based small business.
0: Right, excellent. Mate, did you grow up in Queensland? Been in Queensland your whole life? Or
1: no, mate, New South Wales, then moved to the territory, uh, in the territory for a number of years, and back to uh, back to Queensland.
0: What do you like about Queensland?
1: Um, I guess the location. Um, I I like what? Get,
0: what area in Queensland? I don't know where you're from. What part of Queensland you oh, from? Actually. Southeast
1: Queensland, down down near Toowoomba.
0: Okay, yep, yep.
1: Pretty good climate, gets a little bit too cold at times but um, uh, and I guess the best part about it is there seems to be a lot less, um, although we've got too much of it, there seems to be a lot less um, inhibitive legislation. New South Wales has, seems to have getting progressively worse and uh, you can't do much of anything in, in New South Wales anymore because of and Victoria and that because of the legislation where the territory was pretty free and easy and uh, Queensland hasn't got as bad yet, but it's on its way there.
0: Absolutely. Mate, when you, I guess, how did you get into firearms initially when you were young? How old were you when you sort of remember your first memories of uh, getting into firearms? Was your family into that? or was Yeah, that it I,
1: I grew up on a farm. Um, I started hunting at a very early age with my father, mainly pigs. Um, basically, I was hunting by myself from the age of 11 or 12. Um, I was playing target shooting from um, the age of 12. Um, and I've been also been, you know, past pistol club secretary and captain, so I've, you know, had a fair, fairly long um, association with with uh, shooting and hunting.
0: Yep. What's uh, so you watch uh, hunting, shooting, fishing? Do you get into bit of the fishing or?
1: Oh yeah, I like the fishing. I like the yep. fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got enough time of... to do it though. Unfortunately, at the moment.
0: Yeah. What sort of species do you like to fish for? What's up around your way?
1: Um, mainly bass, yellow belly and murray cod here, but uh coming from the territory I did a fair bit of barra barrow fishing over the years, so yeah. Yep. Any fish.
0: Yeah. So are you do you say you do you think you're more of a hunter, more of a, a target shooter in, in, in that Indus part of it or
1: Oh more of a hunter. Always have been. Yep. Although I I, I you know, um, as I said, I've been involved with pistol clubs and a, and a clay target shooter, so yeah, targets are, are in there. And, you know, go and punch a few holes in the odd paper target every now and again.
0: Yep, no worries. What about, son, um, let's talk about, I guess, a bit of hunting. What species, I guess, are up around your way that you like to hunt or you've hunted previously maybe in other states as well?
1: Uh, pigs are my favourite, but uh, I've hunted pretty much most of everything. Goats, buffalo, um, you know, wild donkeys, foxes, cats. love shooting cats and foxes. <laughs> uh, rabbits They're right. yeah, the old Underground mutton They're, they're, they're good fun I usually Plink them for a Feed of mutton uh, hunt, feed of rabbit
0: What do you like About hunting pigs Actually
1: um, I hunt with dogs And, and firearms a bit of both It's just um, You know a- Anywhere from Using the quad To, to walking through The scrub it's, it's just Just enjoyable I do I also I actually also Hunt deer as well um, Since I've been In this area I've got into Hunting deer It's just being Out and about In the bush And um yeah Yeah.
0: what do you prefer most do you like the because i've just been hunting deer recently and spent a lot more time uh or sorry less time i should say actually walking around more time sitting more time finding good places sitting there wondering probably why i'm sitting here at times you know but um what do you prefer do you prefer getting out on the quad do you prefer the spotlighting do you prefer you know getting and walking around what do you prefer uh
1: (laughs) I prefer the quad and I like spotlighting but I guess if you ask me what I what I prefer about hunting deer is the end result, getting to eat it.
0: Yeah. Are you big venison? on eating yeah. eating uh, game?
1: Yeah, love my venison. Yep.
0: Yep, yep. And what bit of the rabbit you said too before?
1: Yeah, rabbit, rabbit. But um I'll smoke the venison, um, you know, cook it up in stews, use it, you know, in other cups. It's it's a young bloke that um uh, the neighbor behind me he's he's pretty heavy into deer deer hunting with a bow, so um yeah.
0: Yep. Always respect those bow hunters because you know I took five years to get me first deer, and um, I thought bow hunter I can't shoot him with a rifle, let alone trying to get him with a bow. So
1: yeah, I like bow hunting, but I, I, I've never shot one with a, Never shot a deer with a bow.
0: Yeah, I I'm know not it's that a, good. <laughs> yeah, they've certainly got a special skill. Those guys. What about uh, family? You know, eating venison and stuff like that, or game meats. What does the I guess what does the wife think? What are the you know, I'm not sure if your kids are a bit older now, but. Did they eat it when you were, I guess, uh, when they were young young little uh, whippersnappers?
1: Oh, yeah, certainly do. All my kids have grown up. They're all hunters. Um, the grandkids, you know, well, they get taken out hunting, I had the one of my grandsons out when he was three weeks of age in the capsule. You know, we were fishing on the Catherine River and we were, you know, out, our pig comes out pig hunting with us. So, he's, you know, he loves his pig hunting. All the kids do.
0: Yeah, sounds sounds good. How much do you get out these days? Do you still get out a fair bit, as much as you can? How far are your sort of you know hunting areas from where you live? How far do you normally have to travel?
1: Oh, I I, I go out to Tara to hunt pigs. Um, deer sort of pretty close to here where I am, but uh, yeah, I just don't get a lot of time at the moment. I'm going to make you know try and make more time because um, it's, the, the hunting and fishing has been very scarce of late for me.
0: Ah, uh, that's what happens sometimes, I guess. Not much you can do when you've got to work and, you know, earn a bit of money. So I think we're all in that situation. Um, uh, with your firearms, I guess, what's, uh, you know, don't toss full list, obviously, but what's in your safe and what, what's your, what's one of your favourite firearms that you own?
1: Uh, I like all my firearms. I've got an old um, Bruno Fox triple two. Um, I like it, but uh, I guess my favourite one's probably my Weatherby Vanguard in 308. Probably because my, my eldest son bought it for me for a present uh I you know, I like all my firearms. I've got a circuit judge and a few other few other little goodies.
0: Yeah. What about uh you know, when you're out hunting pigs and that, what do you what's your go to caliber for pigs?
1: Uh Marlin thirty thirty lever action.
0: Oh, excellent. My my mate Mario would like you, he likes the uh thirty thirty, big fan of the thirty thirty,
1: so Yeah, I, I use the Vanguarders the, the um the, the thirty the three oh eight at times. I also use the um Circuit judge, it's 22, 22 Magnum. It's just a good little light rifle to carry around with a 22 Magnum. And you know, and a lot of people go, "Oh, you can't use a 22 for for hunting pigs." Well, I grew up using a 22 and a and a 12 gauge. That's all I had when I was when I was younger.
0: And, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've got many,
1: many, many pigs with a 22.
0: <laughs> really? What good size ones too? Or?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends where you hit them. You can yeah. you can take them out and the, take the spine out and they drop, and you can you know finish them off pretty quickly. So it's not a not a cruel exercise, but, you know, at the end of the day, you get your pig.
0: What about your other smaller game? Goats, you know, you got foxes, rabbits, What are you? what's your go-to calibers for those species when you get a chance to uh, hunt them?
1: Uh, triple two is pretty handy on
0: them. You like the triple two?
1: Yeah,
0: I'll uh, runo fox. Ah, nice work, nice. So if you had to pick one, you've got one in your safe, that's your ultimate firearm, the one you, you know, really like the most, you'd probably never sell, which one's that?
1: Oh, gee, uh, the the three hundred
0: eight. Yeah, 308.
1: the three
0: hundred eight. Yeah, no, I wouldn't sell it. What's that one? Who, who's it made by? Which which one's that?
1: That's the Weatherby Vanguard. Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. End Excellent. of the day, I'll
1: probably end up giving that back to my son. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Lucky him then. When I can't. Uh, when I can't use it anymore.
0: Nice work. Uh, how did? Obviously, we're talking about here part of the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party Queensland. How did you get involved? With the SFFP and why?
1: Well, currently, as you know, I'm the uh, vice chairman. Um, I went along to a couple of meetings to see what was happening here a couple of years ago. There was a, you know, things were pretty quiet. Um, I tried to join 12 months, two years before that and sort of couldn't get in contact with anyone. And anyway, I went along to these meetings and realised they needed some help. So I put my hand up and I was actually elected on the previous committee for this one. I used to be a lifelong nationals voter, however you know over the past few years I've sort of become more and more disenchanted with their lack of lack of ability to perform you know for rural australia and basically also their lack of ability to stand up to the liberals but um yeah i I think that's that was a major change in in and and their their the the coalition's attitude towards Licensed firearm owners—it was just, you know, all becoming sort of too much. And the straw that breaks breaks the camel's back comes along at the end of the day when they start when they stop representing rural Australia.
0: How long were you voting for the for the Nationals for, and what what's what was drawing you back to them at the time? You thought they were, you know, rep, good at representing, you know, uh, firearms owners or people oh, on the land, or
1: being in, being a being a, you know a country boy. I basically supported the Nationals from when I was eighteen right through. And, uh, you know, I think it's an indictment on the, the nationals. Of, I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people that I know have are in the same boat that have become very disenchanted with them and, uh, in rural Australia and uh, will no longer support them or vote for them. I, obviously, I would put them before Labor or the Greens. That goes without saying. But, but certainly um, my my voting preferences will go towards and have done of late towards the uh, minor pro-shooting parties.
0: Excellent what, what draws you to politics I guess surrounding hunting and shooting?
1: Um, I, I guess the treatment. The un-Australian poor treatment of rural Australians is you know especially licensed firearm owners you know I, I certainly don't need to elaborate on firearms issues to yourself or the listeners but you know apart from the firearms issues, Australians especially Australian farming, industry manufacturing, small business, you know they're all being strangled to death by red tape and regulation. Much of the uh, money being squandered on our politicians and the bureaucracy, you know, and those some other countries. So you know, the the money, our money, is going to the wrong wrong places. It would be better spent on enhancing our primary production industry, manufacturing, and and small business sectors. That's, you know, that's that's where the economy of Australia has been in the past, and that's what we need to be supporting now. You know, property owners—they're they're being dictated to in 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 a socialist fashion by governments and bureaucrats. You know, as to what they can and can't do and with their properties. Okay, yeah, there needs to be some controls to pre- preserve public health, safety, and an amenity. But the current level of statutory interference is way in excess. It's just too excessive. The priorities of our governments are not focused on what's best for us, for Australians. The major parties—they—they they seem to be more concentrated with the welfare of other countries and their inhabitants than that of of Australians. They're to the whims of the UN and and, and it's at that expense of our own homegrown needy. What about our, you know, prisoners and refugees are treated better than our own elderly and those with long-term illnesses. Our Defence Force veterans, they're another group that are are not treated with the respect and care that they deserve. Um, Yeah, I, I guess it's just this poor treatment of, of the Australian people, and, and that's what sort of got me, and mainly the, the firearms things, but the, the generally all that other stuff. So that's what sort of really drew me into uh, politics. If you'd asked me three years ago, or said to me three years ago, you'll be a member of a political party and involved in it, I'd have said, yeah, right, no, you're joking. Yeah, right. Uh, how things change.
0: What are some of the core policies of uh, SFP Queensland?
1: Okay, currently we've only got one policy. As you know, we've only really just got up and running, and that's our firearms policy. We're in the process of developing others, and with the help of the members, and we want to involve the members and, and other key stakeholders, while our, I guess our core policies will be focused on firearms, fishing and farming, I expect it will also be including policies on numerous other issues. And, you know, These could include public land access, animal welfare, extractive industries, business and industry. That's just to name a few.
0: Oh, excellent. Um I thought I thought you were gonna go so that list was going down and down and down. We're
1: <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, we're starting with you know, we're 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 only we're only crawling at the moment, but we've started yeah. with firearms and, and we'll develop policies on fishing and farming as well. So and other yeah. other areas as I mentioned. Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to OzGunSales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers Australia-wide and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including eight years online. So
0: why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Ozguns. I was thinking just then, so what are some of the, what would you say, uh, are some of the core issues affecting gun owners in Queensland where your policy would, you know, I guess help them to make a decision come voting time at the, I guess, upcoming election, whenever, whenever that might be, end of this year, early next year?
1: Yeah, I guess the core issue affecting gun owners in Queensland is the attitude towards the management of firearms issues in Queensland. Um, As in other states and territories, it is very poor. We need a system where the legitimate use of firearms is permitted while... But, you know, they've still got to maintain the standards of public health, safety and security. But it should be along the, the theme of regulate the person, not the object. You know, the purpose of any legislation should be the enhancement of the, the standards of public health, safety and security. But you've got to maintain a functional, practical working relationship with key stakeholders. The current uh, Queensland Weapons Act 1990 really fails in this regard. It failed dismally. You know, Many of the current provisions in, the, in that, that Act don't adhere to the, the above principles. They're politically and emotionally motivated for appeasement and political posturing purposes. Uh, many of the provisions lack practical purpose. You know, they serve to create an unreasonably onerous and complicated document. Um, the best way to get people to, to abide by the law is to, to make it understandable. This is just so complicated and ridiculous, as most firearms acts and, and other legislation, you know, are. Um, the current Queensland Weapons Act, is it's a combination of years of just impromptu amendments. It's a bit... A little bit's added here and little bit added there. It's it's and generally a result of reactions to events and the personal political positions of those involved from time to time. So um you know, it's not based on realistic outcomes. It's not based on factual, statistical, historical evidence. Even the title's outdated and, and it doesn't reflect the true character of, of who it's who it's aimed at. But which is, you know, being licensed shooters. Um it's as I said, it's complex and difficult for people to understand. The best way to get compliance with any legislation, as I said, is to make it easy to comprehend. It's a bureaucratic minefield. It's time-consuming. It's costly to administer. You know, it's you know, it's just the whole thing's a mess. Um, and it's when you also it's it's counter to the to the recommendations of the Martin Place Siege report, which we've just been dealing with. You know. The recommendation number six said that the Commonwealth States and Territories should simplify the regulation of legal, the legal firearms market through an update of the technical elements of the NFA. Well, I don't like the NFA, but anyway, the current Act doesn't go anywhere near fulfilling that recommendation. Um, it primarily regulates, you know, the, as we know, the activities of licensed shooters. Um, yes, and such activities do require regulation. But the statistics and history clearly show that licensed shooters are not responsible for gun crime. You know, there needs to be a greater emphasis placed on punitive measures for those who break the law, not for those abiding by the law. You know, well, it shouldn't unnecessarily, unreasonably impact on, on those who are obeying the law. You know, the current Act is more focused on the law-abiding than the criminals, so it's just completely back the front. You know, again, it's ca- it's, it's counter um, the recommendations of the Martin Place Surgeon Report, N- Recommendation number nine. It says that the Commonwealth states and territories should give further considerations to measures to deal with illegal firearms. Well, they're they're not. They're, they're they're falling over themselves to to get stuck into licensed shooters, and the the criminals are just running around seemingly with a free hand at the moment. You know. Um, OK, the regulation of licensure Licensed Shooters should be the focus of any Firearms Act, and, and, I'm, and I'm happy that that's, the, that's what should be in our Firearms Act. Well, they call it our Weapons Act, but I would like to refer to it as our Firearms Act. The punitive provisions for criminal activities and the regulation of, of objects other than firearms are better placed in the criminal codes. You know, our Firearms Act... Or, or, sorry, our Weapons Act they, they talk about all these other objects. You know, we want a firearms act to deal with firearms and to facilitate the, you know, the, the use of the legal use of firearms. You know, these these other things are better placed in criminal codes, as I said. Uh, it leaves the firearms act solely for the purpose of practically facilitating the legal use and possession of firearms. The role between facilitation of of a, of a legal activity and that of a criminal activity at the moment is very blurred tars both the law-abiding and the criminals with the same brush. So this Act really does need, need some amendment.
0: Yep, you were talking about public safety, an interesting one I, you know, I hear that a lot amongst, um, you know, obviously government officials now, obviously Labor being in Parliament, they, they might say well, yeah, we're trying to look, as you were mentioning public safety, that's what we're, they'll say, that's what we're trying to do by reclassifying the uh, uh, lever action shotgun, say, into a higher a category for above seven shots so they might say, well, we agree with you, that's what we're trying to do to, to help public safety what would you say to that? Uh, load
1: a load of horse whoopee, that is, that's just, that's just a political, expi- you know, like this, this lever action shotgun business is just an absolute farce and a joke. It's just again political expediency. It's not based on any real public safety outcomes. You know, um, I have a, a thing that I call the harm effect. You know, and and the point that's purposefully ignored by our governments in the Andes, you know, is that gun crime is down to criminal activity, not the activity of law abiding licensed shooters. So why? Penalise licensed shooters, they're, and that's all they're doing. This lever action uh, stuff is exact is a prime example of how they're 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 targeting the wrong area. You know what we need to be we need to I, I don't know the the solution to that I guess is to and the one way to put this um, uh, to bed is to highlight the major point being missed that the gun crime is down to criminal activity, not the activity of licensed shooters, and we need to hammer this point and keep hammering it. And we need to be presenting the facts and the statistical information. Um, you know, the, 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 the lever action thing is so annoying. It's it's just it's just another example of of the government, you know, going out of their way But they want to disarm us. That's that's what it comes down
0: to. Uh, I guess the management you guys just got on board recently, and I, I heard from uh, Jacob, one of the other guys you got uh, helping out there with you guys. Um, now, the management changed over from, the, from an old management. Um, this, there was some issues. I mean, you only had to go online, several forums, to see what the issues that were affecting gun owners in Queensland regards to the SFP. So how, how can voters, they're going to vote for the SFP Queensland, that this has changed, there's a, a, a new, you know, sorry, without sort of saying it, new boys in town, so to speak, and how do we know that you, you've got the interests of, of shooters at heart in Queensland?
1: Mate, basically, the past committee was a flop. That's the best way to describe it. I resigned in disgust from that committee, um, mainly because the executive, uh, they refused to properly communicate and engage with the members. A political party, like most organisations, is nothing without its members. So um, I got out of it. I couldn't change it. I I, I got out of it in disgust. And um, that committee became very dysfunctional towards the end and... uh, there were many resignations, so um, here before Christmas I got a phone call and I was asked to get the uh, the branch up and running again. So uh, It was a case of wipe the slate clean, get rid of the old committee and involve the members and get them to elect a new one. Now this new committee, it's focused on making sure the mistakes of the past are not repeated. You know, we're committed to regular, open, honest communications and we're endeavouring to encourage the members to form local regional branches and it's through these branches that we hope the Queensland branch will be driven. It's not the other way around. It's the members driving the the state branch, not not the state branch driving the members. Um, Branches will give the members more say in what happens as well. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's what happened and that's where we're at to the present time.
0: No worries. Let's say... I mean I'm not sure you might be able to you know give me the details I guess maybe you don't know yet, but who's going to be running um in what particular areas if you if you've worked that out yet um and you know what would you like to tackle or who would whoever is elected what would you like to tackle say in your first sort of term of government and what results can you know shooters expect from uh uh your, if, if you're elected into parliament or whoever runs is elected into parliament
1: yeah um well i guess um
0: I guess the main question would be what are you what would be your two top three issues that would be a priority priority sorry for the SFP Queensland if elected that's a right question.
1: okay when we do get some bums on seats in Parliament they'll be primarily focused on on our core issues I guess shooting fishing and farming however in saying that once a person's elected by their local community to represent that community you know to represent that community, they have to represent that community. They, they, we, our core issues will will take precedence, but they, there will also be many other issues um, that, you know, a, a Queensland SFP candidate, if elected, will be responsible for, for, for looking after. Um, they'll be expected... Any any Queensland SSP uh, representative will be expected to represent the interests of the entire community. But I guess... Um, to more directly answer your question, you know, take firearms matters. Uh, our policy, you know, it basically says it all in regards to where we stand on that issue. Um, the NFA is the elephant elephant in the room. We want it gone. You know, it's nothing but a federal government wish list. And the message we need to get through to shooters is it is nothing without the cooperation of the states and territories. It's based on lies, political posturing. So shooters need to get... Behind the profile on parties, my obviously I'm going to say yeah, get behind the Queensland SFP, so we can put pressure on the respective states and territory governments to you know reject the the wishes of this NFA. You know that's our that's our priority at the moment. Um, you know obviously there are there are many rural issues that need and, and fishing issues that need looking into, but um, you know I guess what. We'd like to see something to, to start the ball rolling would be to get some common sense back into our firearms legislation.
0: Looking for a big weekend? Australia's
1: biggest sport shooting and outdoor event, the SSAA Shot Expo is now even bigger, with hunting gear and outdoor equipment from the world's biggest names, plus demonstrations, talks and entertainment for the whole family. Over 120 displays, one
0: location. The SSAA Shot Expo, RNA Showgrounds Brisbane, August 26th and 27th. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au for sponsors and the full program. Now uh, we're we'll talking about consistent message, obviously with the the changeover, you know, of, of what you guys have just gone through and getting the new policy through. So if you're in the media and you're asked about your specific policies, which I read seems um, quite 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 positive and quite good. Now sometimes I've I've seen there's not exactly a consistent message across the states in regards to some issues. As you would know, we've seen some. Uh, uh, issues with media in other states about saying we don't need certain types of firearms, uh, that type of thing. I mean, can we be assured if if uh, people for Queensland voted for the SFP that they'll stay consistent uh, to their positive firearms policy when they're in the media and making sure that, you know, we're saying the right things in the media, making sure we're not saying things that are sort of anti-firearm or be, can be considered yeah you know, that might upset the core constituency of shooters. can we be assured that Fp uh, sFp Queen, queensland actually I should say will maintain that consistent message in line with their firearms policy
1: uh, very good question Jason very good question you know well I guess while the state policies are up to the various state and territory branches, the federal firearms policy number one point is get rid of the NFA. This is the basis for the stance on you know for our stance on on firearms issues. As to the position of the Queensland SFP on firearms, mate, I'll, I'll give you our adopted policy. It's there in black and white. There's no hidden agendas. There's no deviation. And any elected member will be expected to adhere to this position. No negotiation. If the members want to change that position, well, obviously that's up to them. But in reality, I really can't see that happening. Um, as to statements made in media interviews... In Queensland, I'm the only person who's authorised to make official comment on Queensland SFP matters. Now, other people can make comment, but I'm the the only one that can make official comment. Um, I drafted the firearms policy, and it was adopted pretty much as written. So, basically, my opinion's also there in black and white. Um, I've put it out there. It's there to be seen. Um, I'm hardly going to come out and... Suddenly, all of a sudden, changed my mind, and I guess I'm, unless I have some sort of psychotic episode, but I can't see that happening either. So, basically, uh, what you see is what you get. Um, you know, I, I, I think what what you're probably angry at it's our stance on semi-auto firearms, mate. Again, our policy covers this. Basically, there is no reason why that once a person has been checked, deemed to be a fit, fit and proper person to possess a firearm, and issued with a shooter's license they should not be allowed to possess any firearm legally available in Australia currently. You know, the type of appearance of a firearm has no bearing on a person's attitude or the likelihood of committing a crime. You know, the only thing that changes is the type of inanimate object.
0: I mean, I think most shooters, I mean, let's let's be honest, no one, people say this to me all the time, oh, you know, you want concealed carry, you know, you want everyone to have an AR-15, etc. I said, well, one, I've, I've never said that. Uh, number two, you know, like, shooters, I don't think, you know, I'm not saying silly enough, they they're, they understand that it is going to be an uphill battle. It may never happen. We don't know. Obviously, we need to keep pushing. But I think what they do expect is a, just a consistent message across the media, you know, based on, you know, that's in line with their policy, you know. They don't want to be hearing people don't need these types of firearms. And I guess all they're hoping, and I'm hoping for you guys in Queensland, that you are able to push forward. And, 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 you know, make those decisions, obviously, when you're in the media. No one's saying, hey, come out and we, we want everyone to have an AR-15. But when a question comes out in regards to your policy, in regards to whatever, not offering up any information that may not necessarily be required. You know, sticking to the facts, sticking to, you know, the core policies without obviously, you know, majorly upsetting the media or thinking, oh, Clem Wheatley wants everyone to have an AR-15, for an example. You know, we just a, a consistent message and, you know, to get supportive shooters in you know, the forward, consistent, you know, I guess of that message in the media.
1: Yeah, well, our message is, is it's regulate the person, not the object. But at the end of the day, if, if someone comes out and says, well, what do you think about semi-automatics? I, I'll say, well, why not? Why shouldn't shooters have them? If we're being deemed to be fit and proper people, to possess a firearm and issue with a licence, why shouldn't we be allowed to have them? Why shouldn't I be allowed to um, have a pistol and take it to, that I use for shooting for targets? Why shouldn't I be allowed to take that out hunting? You know, it's, I'm still the same person. Nothing's changed. You know, um, they've got this this twisted ideology where they, they want to regulate the object. The bloody object doesn't do the damage. It's the person behind the object that does the damage. Um, you know, like it's, um, and as far as our policy, you know, you've got to aim high. I know there are certain things that, that in the near future, are not going to be achieved, but doesn't mean to say we, we can't strive for, for better things. When if you aim high, you achieve high. If you aim low, well, that's where you end up going.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think shooters sort of understand. Listen, you know, it's all, and all, you know, I think, you know, I guess SFP Queensland should have a you know, looking at as on a base-by-base base basis of each policy. Because, I mean, I know shooters, I mean, obviously you're aware we're, we're having issues at the moment. they have thrusted upon us, this bill in New South Wales, you know, the firearms and weapons, uh, you know, Bill of 2017. And there's all this extra stuff in there. it. just seems a bit weird to me, and the reclassification of Adler shotguns. But, I mean, I think shooters would probably, and I probably would too on this, and I'm sure people listen to the show, if they said, listen, we're going to recategorise say, lever actions into Category B, we can say, okay, all right, no problem. But we're also going to categorise, say, pump shotguns under five rounds and, say, semi-automatic shotguns to under five rounds in Category B. I'm sure to shooters that would be quite palatable, and that probably would be palatable to me because there's a trade-off that we're actually getting something significant in return for moving them to Category uh, B. But based on the policy that I'm looking at here in New South Wales, we're not getting that at all. And, uh, you know, as I said, you probably, you know, a lot of people have seen uh, things I've posted on Facebook. I I hope it's opposed in New South Wales and we stick with our integrity as gun owners, whether it's as a pro-gun party, whether it's our organisations, to get rid of that clause, um, you know, whether we we can achieve that. Obviously, Greens, you know, may or may not vote with that bill. We don't know yet. Um, It's going to be very interesting times ahead. But I guess sometimes what I'm saying is the ever-changing politics uh, and the ever-changing landscape of politics is to be able to move and duck and weave. And, you know, sometimes if it is a good outcome for shooters, I'm sure shooters will, you know, be OK with that. But it's all a trade-off of what we're getting in return for further restrictions, you know? So I think that's you that know, depends. Yeah,
1: look, look the, the big picture, it's a big picture thing. And, and what shooters need to remember is that, you know, the pol- political parties that they're representing can only achieve as much... As the support they're given by the shooters, so the shooters want to expect this, they want this, they want that it 's all up to the shooters to get behind the parties and 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 the more numbers a political party has, the more bargaining power it has. Um, you know getting back to the you know, the, the the lever action shotguns issue, the appearance laws, all those other things that is just part of the the government 's push to disarm us, nothing more, nothing less. You know, they're going to keep coming at us, so shooters need to get off their backsides and start getting political. Otherwise, this is going to keep happening. And they're going to keep chipping away. A little bit here, a little bit there. They'll add a fee here, they'll add a condition there, they'll just chip away. So don't, we shouldn't be getting too tied up over specific events because we know they're going to keep happening. We need to get it, get get out and do something about it other than squawking and squawking on... on on social media, you know, commenting on social media is good. Podcasts like yours is is a, is a good thing. It gets the message out there, but not enough shooters are, are hearing that message, and not enough shooters are doing any, enough about it. So, you know, let's get behind the party so that, you know, a party's got the numbers to turn around and say, "Well, mate, you can stick your ammunition's bill," um, because if it doesn't go far enough. We want this, we want that, and that takes that takes backsides on seat seats
0: in Parliament to achieve that I mean I know probably this you know, would be, you know if Labour decide to go with the Liberals here in New South Wales on that particular bill there's not much we're going to be able to do but it's also about sticking to our guns and saying no we're not going to allow this you know we're going to be stick with our integrity no we're not going to allow it even if it goes through I'd rather be able to you know hold my head high I mean hey if they came to me tomorrow and said we've got the semi-autos and pump shotguns on category B I'd say that's probably a good outcome <laughs> you know that's probably a good outcome.
1: Yeah look with with matters in New South Wales, that's up to the New South Wales members. And what I will say to New South Wales members, if you want something, get involved with your party and make it happening. Don't sit back and go crook about it, you know, whinge about it in, in social media. Get in and do something about it. You know, there's no political party in the country that it, that's that everyone every member's going to agree with everything they do all the time. Of course, political parties are going to do or say things that that displease some people you know you can't please all the people type thing so what i say to members in you know new south wales if you you believe something should be get in and make it you know get be, become part of the solution and make a change yourself
0: but this is the problem in uh, not just in New South Wales all of the states really I guess with the federal election you know we had 500,000 shooters that didn't even vote for a pro-gun party oh
1: yeah tell me about it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah you know and that's that's a sad thing but, um...
0: and, and that's if you're including actually you know one nation in that too so yep. you know if you include one nation in that which you know some people may or may not have voted for one nation based on their gun policy I don't know. obviously we, we won't we don't really know those figures because they're not out there but that's if you're including if you take that out I'm not sure exactly how many uh you know, One Nation votes, they've like, got the federal election but if you take that out, I mean, less than you know, 70% or, or sorry 70% the other way, 70% of people didn't vote for a pro-gun party, so I mean obviously that's quite concerning, people are not getting out there, this is the point of this show, I, I get letters all the time, people are writing but you know, the Clem Wheatleys and the Jason Selms and the, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from, Yeah, you know, I can't be doing all the heavy lifting, you can't be doing all the heavy lifting it's up to the thousands of people out there that are sitting on their quincer day in and day out doing absolutely nothing and honestly Clem I've got two friends great friends of mine great friends inside my circle never written to a politician in their life no interest in it whatsoever they complain and then when I say well you know what you're part of the problem they go oh, oh what do you mean <laughs> you and, got- they, and they get a bit cut and they, they get a bit taken back and I go, make you part of the problem you're doing nothing about it oh oh well you know because they just don't care they just don't have that you know that that nature of of, of wanting to do something. Of it's not that important. It is, but it isn't, you know? And I said, well, you've got to fight for something in your life. You know, you can't just be sitting on your bum all day watching TV.
1: Mate, people don't like to hear the truth. I've been actually blocked from Facebook profiles, so, so-called profile um, Facebook sites because I had to hide to raise the issue of, of um, you know, the, the, shoot, the shooter in, in um, apathy, that shooter apathy is the thing that's killing us at the moment. And when I said we're our own worst enemies, you know, and as you just said, there are so many shooters out there that that will keep voting for the major parties. Keep voting for the major parties. It's like sticking your hand back in the fire after you got burnt the first time. It's going to keep getting burnt, and we're going to keep getting burnt until we send these major parties a a, a message. You know, my, my message is, is vote below the line, all the pro-shooting firearms parties before any of the majors put the Greens last and Labor second last. And if shooters can't understand that by now, then, you know, there's something seriously wrong. But it's amazing how many shooters out there will have a hissy fit when you, when you, um, when you dare to criticise the, um, the apathy that's out there.
0: Oh, I mean, it happens to me all the time on the show, but for me, see, my my interest is not to... Whether it's Clem Wheatley from the SFP, whether it's One Nation, whether it's the LDP, whether it's Bob Catter, I'm not interested in sort of, you know, uh, uh, know, people's ambitions to... What I'm interested in, the best result for shooters and what the SFP can do for the best result, you know, for shooters. But if we had 100,000 people that were active, I mean, that'd be just a start. But I mean, I don't even think it's 1% of shooters are active enough. There's a small contingent of shooters that, you know, do take the brunt of the work and people just sit back and when the, you know, the bad legislation comes the first one's whinging on social media. I saw two guys that I know somewhat outside of my circle fighting on Facebook just three days ago over a period of three days and I know these guys don't write to their local members and I said, how about getting off Facebook? and use that time to write... I'm happy to send you the letters. All you've got to do is change the address, write your little spiel inside the main body of the, of the um, Word document, and send it off. It's not hard. They spent three days fighting each other, and I know both of them don't write to their local members, but they're whinging at each other because, you know, you don't support this, you don't support that, I don't support that party, you don't support this. It's just ridiculous. Like, write to your members. Use that time properly.
1: Yep, well, it's... The as I said, squawking on, on social media is a waste of time. Writing to your local member, you know, it, that is a must. You need to write, you know, I, I send emails and letters off all the time. But there is one thing that you can, shooters can do that's even better than that, is get behind a pro-shooting political party. In Queensland, I'm saying shooters need to get behind the Queensland SFP. You know, help us, help you. That's, that's our message. We can't do anything without support.
0: All right, I'm going to throw a few just sort of yes and no, small, um, you know, if you want to tell us a bit about it, just a small answer behind that too. But let's say registration, yes, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: What's the point of it? Um, just a waste, complete waste of money. It doesn't achieve anything. Go back to our statistics. You know, it doesn't stop criminals committing crime. Criminals, it, criminals don't register the guns, so what's the point of it?
0: All right. Yeah. No. I agree. I agree with you. I've been saying that for about six years. <laughs> uh, self defence. Yes. No. Why?
1: Oh well. I can't give you a yes no on that one, mate. Um, yeah, I can. But um, you know, self defence. Let's let's look at it. You know, um, if you you know, we 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 really need to to, to understand the fact that that um, the provisions are already there in laws. You know, I'm currently, I'm lawfully allowed to use force to defend myself. You know, my dwelling or others in it. If I happen to be a licensed shooter, I'll most likely have a firearm at home. I'm justified in using force that's proportionate to the threat. So really, if the circumstances were such that the threat posed to me and others were significant and warranted the use of a firearm defence, I'd be completely justified in in using a firearm. Um, You know, I, I know people personally I know a bloke personally who has who shot and killed a bloke that was was attacking him with an axe. At the end of the day, he was acquitted. Yeah, he, he didn't. Ha- he went through a pretty nasty process, but you know, um, as I said, if, you know, I've got a firearm at home. I'm deemed a fit and proper person, uh, and I'm lawfully allowed to possess a firearm. Yet I'm not allowed to use the excuse of self defence to obtain a firearm. It's stupid. Mm. Nothing changed. So is that
0: a yes or is that a no? We need a straight answer on that one.
1: What, about self defence. Yes, we yeah. should be able. It should be. Oh, okay. It should be a, a an excuse to obtain a firearm.
0: Yeah, is that going to be an SFP Queensland policy, or is it? Well, I, it's I in our policy. It, it is in it our is. policy. Sorry, yep, you're right. You're right. It okay, gotcha. Because gotcha. you know, I was about to say, I just looked at. And I, I hoping this wasn't going to be the same, because again, I'm not sure if it went down too well. I know Shooters Union just did a. Uh, uh, you might have seen it. Uh, Shooters Union did an interview with um, was a Steve Dixon? You know, one nation candidate. Now he was. I thought you were going the same way as him, actually. But right. so, my apologies for that. But uh, what he said was, listening. Oh, he said the same thing as you. Yes, you know, if that you you do have a right to self defence under the law, which most people do know. Yes, firearms ownership is not a valid reason to have a firearm. But he, he, he said, if it's a firearm. He goes, you're able to use that. But then he proceeded to say after that, but you know what, that's not a policy we're going to pursue. Well, so he says it's okay to use a firearm, then says, well, One Nation's policy is not going to be one that supports uh, 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 yeah, that in their policy. And I was like, well, that makes no sense whatsoever. Supports it, recommends it, and says if that's you know, the position you're in to use a firearm, so be it, but then says they're not going to advocate for that policy. I mean, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard.
1: Well, it's in our policy. It is there. The, 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 the authorities are running around bumbling and tripping over their own feet at the moment. We have the right to do it currently. The laws are already there. They're just saying no, you can't have the means to protect yourself. Taking away my number one human right, the means to protect myself. And it is in our policy. And, you know, anyone who says, oh, you're mad, you know, why should people have a gun to protect themselves? Well, the criminals have guns, so why can't we, we have an equal force to um, to, to combat that that uh, threat um, it 's not a matter of me saying anything the the The, the laws and conditions are already there i 'm a shooter, I have a firearm at home if need be, and the and the threat is significant enough. I have every right to use the firearm that I have yet some bureaucrat says, "Oh no, but we won 't let you have that as an excuse you know they're they 're cutting off their nose to spite their their face they 're hypocritical it's the whole thing is a is hypocritical. It just doesn't, it doesn't gel, it doesn't wash. What they're saying and what's actually happening are two different things.
0: Yeah, we're seeing that in Victoria. I've got a lot of friends, listeners in Victoria, and, you know, the basket case of Victoria right now with these apex gangs just out of control down there.
1: Mate, police have a firearm to protect themselves. Politicians can avail themselves to people with firearms to protect themselves. You can have a firearm to protect, um, you know, uh, assets you know, uh, banks and the like, money, cash transfers. So what these poli- what these politicians and, and, and bureaucrats are saying is that the lives of police and politicians and, and money are more important than the security of money are more important than the lives of an ordinary person. Mm. That's what they're On saying. The- that, that's what it comes down to. Nothing more, nothing less.
0: On the other hand, too, I've had several emails in the last two months saying, People will absolutely support their farmers, but um, can't have a firearm for self-defence, but we can have one to defend sheep or stock. I mean, <laughs> exactly. un- un- to- hey, I totally understand that. I, I agree with the farmers having those guns to protect stock, but then, well, can't defend my own life doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make any sense.
1: And, and the thing is, it's just a bureaucratic hurdle that has no... It, it, and, and I'll say this to anyone, this comes back to the... To the, to the semi-automatics issues, the, the, the lever-action shotgun issues, the appearance laws, the self-defence laws, the statistics do not back up their stance.
0: Yeah, appearance laws, yes, no, why?
1: Um, no, they're a joke. It's ridiculous. Why, if I've got a brown bolt-action firearm, then I go out and buy a black semi-auto, my personal disposition, my attitude and likelihood of committing crime doesn't change. The only change, thing that's changed is the type and colour of the inanimate object that I happen to possess. Right, let's apply that to a motor vehicle. What you know, what you'd be seeing is people would be respect, restricted. to vehicles that were incapable of going over 100 k's an hour, um, that, that couldn't carry any more than five people, and oh, you couldn't have a black one. No white no, no, definitely not a black one. That would, you know, you can't have it resembling, um, you know, those um, uh, sog. Uh, attack-type vehicles, you know, that's a military vehicle. You couldn't have them re- resembling that no way in the world. Well, it sounds pretty ridiculous, doesn't it? So uh, you base that on, on statistical evidence. You, you know, if the authorities are genuine about prever- preserving public health and safety, and this is what it gets back to, they would apply the same draconian principles to motor vehicles long before applying them to licensed shooters. You know, the fact is, and it's backed up by statistics, that motor vehicles injure and kill far more people than firearms in the hands of a licensed shooter. So anyone that says, that tries to argue the appearance laws, I say, why? Show me, and the same thing with semi-autos, the same thing with self-defence. Show me the statistics that back your stance up. If I can show you the statistics that back my stance up, and the stance of the Queensland Shooters, Fishers and Farmers firearms policy, the statistics back it up.
0: So tell us, I mean, obviously in Queensland, obviously we've got, um, you know, and I've had a few emails about in the last couple of months about you know Bob Catter in Queensland, and you know they've got a balance of power, and a lot of people, you know, especially North Queensland, are happy with him. But there's people that aren't happy with him, saying they do have the balance of power, but they're not really achieving anything for gun owners. That's the you know, the, the emails I'm receiving from listeners. But what can you offer over alternative pro gun parties? Well, you know, One Nation will see how they pan out over the next twelve months and whether they implode or not. Say Bob Catter, Liberal Democrats. How do you? What can you offer over those alternative pro gun parties?
1: Yeah, OK, um, that's a good question. You know, the, um, I guess our core principles, um, it's, you know, one of the three core principles in, in the Queensland SFP is firearms. You know, and at a recent meeting of, of our management committee, we adopted a resolution to ensure that no sitting Queensland SFP MP will capitulate on our stance on firearms, fishing and farming in order to achieve gains in other areas. Now, I'll just explain that a bit more. It's a common practice for politicians is to to sell out certain stated principles in order to achieve gains in other areas. They all do it. We've moved to put a policy in place to prevent this. The Queensland SFP will not deviate from our policy on firearms. And unfortunately, the same can't, can't be said for other parties who have issues other than firearms as their core principles. So... You know, any elected Queensland SFP MP will not be able to trade off uh, uh, something on firearms to gain to gain say. privatisation of, of, you know, of power poles or something like that. That's an
0: example. <laughs> I've got a good question for you then. So this is when sometimes, you know, uh, politics is, and you probably know where I'm going here possibly, but, you know, politics is an ever-changing thing. They said to you, and I've asked this question, I think we spoke about it on the air previously, but, you know, they said to you, we're going to sell off those power poles and we're going to abolish registration as part of the, uh, you know, Queensland you know, firearms laws, they're gonna abolish registration in Queensland. What would you do in that situation?
1: I'd say goodbye power pulp.
0: <laughs> okay. So so hang on, but then what you're saying is then you're just saying we're 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 right <laughs> Hey, I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I 100% agree with you in this situation. I don't want pole pole say sold off either. But if it comes to the point where, yes, I understand you guys don't want to trade off things in certain areas and maintain integrity. I 100% agree agree with, with where you're going with that. But also, too, when something comes up where you need to look at it and say, well, hang on. This is a quality outcome here for shooters. I mean, you'd be guaranteed to be elected for the next twenty years if you got rid of registration. Now, is that on the table? It's probably not. It's probably nowhere near to be on the table. But the point is, shooters need to know. Listen, if this is going to be a great outcome for shooters, we're not going to say and think, well, you know, we did say we don't agree. with, say, you know, power pole sell-offs, or you know, we've got we've got you know some toll roads going in in Queensland. We're gonna we can't sell those off in regards to. Or you know, say to get rid of registration. I'm, I'm sure shooters out there be sitting there going, "You're mad if you're not going to get rid of registration. We want registration gone." So, is your policy going to include that if something does like it comes up, you you are flexible in making those decisions?
1: Yeah, well, that gets back to that. I moved the motion myself. I was the one that moved the motion, and it was adopted unanimously by the committee. Um, that you know, we will not capitulate on firearms, fishing, and farming matters. You know, we will not. Sacrifice one for the sake of another. So you know where yes, look, we are responsible to the entire community that elect us, but the entire community needs to know that our core policies are shooting, fishing, and farming. Oh, Not our core policy, our core core responsibilities. You know, um, you got to look at the other pro-firearm parties. Like none of those other pro-firearm parties can 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 make that claim in Queensland. None
0: of them because we'd hope that would happen we'd hate to see you know something not, not, not say that issue in particular it could be any particular issue that you know because at the end of the day I know a lot of you know it's not just about you know hunting shooting and fishing but that's the core philosophy of generally I would say SFFP you know nationwide so you know there are a lot of other issues you guys deal with and I've seen them issues in WA Victoria New South Wales other issues but sometimes I do question you know the effort we're putting into these other areas which is what you've got to do as a parliamentarian I totally understand that but. You know, in also saying that, we need to make sure we're still staying clear to you know the shooting, fishing, and farming policies. I mean, I there's other policies, but how many votes are we actually going to achieve out of these other policies for the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party if they're in different areas? I mean, you know, I've seen a myriad of different issues come up, but are we going to get the votes out of those people to you know, can, you know, to build the party into you know more voting numbers at the end of the day?
1: Mate, the bottom line, the answer is, and then the solution is, it lays with. The, the people out there, the shooters out there. If we get enough numbers behind us, and we, our, our our strength is in our numbers, and we that we that will that will um, play out in backsides on seat in parliament. And and if we have enough representatives in parliament, we don't have to capitulate. It it it, 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 it all comes back to the support. So if, if shooters don't want us to, you know, give up a a, a community issue for the sake of a you know, and obviously, they have people out there have other issues other than shooting and fishing and farming. If yeah, they don't want us so. to give up something in, to get something, well, get behind us and make us strong enough so that we don't have to. At the end of the day, it all comes back to the support from the community.
0: Yep, yeah, we see we One will be Nation. We'll do what you make but, us. Yeah, we see One Nation is obviously a pretty interesting enigma, not only in Queensland, but I guess around the country now. now. What do they got? I think they've got uh, four senators. They've got three now in Queensland. So I think I think it's a total of seven, correct me if I'm wrong. So they're, they're obviously building up. Now, they're going to have, you know, obviously bums on seats in Queensland, which is generally their biggest, you know, stronghold in, you know, their state is Queensland, which is their biggest stronghold. Now, I think this is – if they don't implode, this is going to happen across the country, whether that happens in 2019 at the state election in New South Wales, the Victorian election coming up soon as well, uh, in the next couple of years as well. Uh, We've got South Australian elections, obviously, as well. How do you plan on combating, you know, One Nation in Queensland? They're estimating anywhere from, you know, six to seven, up to 15, even 20 seats I've seen in some particular media publications. How are you going to combat One Nation in Queensland?
1: No, look, we're not going to waste our time, you know, combating the presence of other pro-fire minor parties. You know, our aim is to work as, as much as practically possible. You can't, you know, you can't always do it, but as much as we can, we want to work with these parties. You know, and, and realistically, it's unlikely that, that we'll be standing candidates in, in in competition with these parties in too many seats. But although the, the, the one thing I'd like to point out is that shooters at the moment, in Queensland, shooters are in a good position, given the current political climate in Queensland, you know, to be able to make real gains. The problem we've got is we are not what I would describe as being in a, very well set up to do that, especially when you look at, what we currently have in relation to representation let's look at it you know the kap they're pro firearm they've done some work towards combating the labor government's anti-firearm stance but you know like you i believe they they could have done a lot more one nation they've come out with it and i'll, I'll come out and say it and, and I, I, i've you know i spoke a number numerous times with steve dixon and i've tried to change his, his stance on it but You know, they've come out with a less than desirable policy on firearms.
0: Yeah, it's a Nationals 2.0 policy, really.
1: Mate, they've missed the point completely. It should not matter what type of firearms a licensed shooter has once being issued with a license. Even if they do get the numbers, you know, they do do get numerous candidates elected.
0: I think what shooters don't want is, you know, a Nationals 2.0 policy for CATA, LDP, One Nation and SFP and have to figure out who they're going to vote for. Because a lot of the times I'm seeing now, it's... And, and this was uh, in regards to, again, the Shooters' Union interview with that Steve Dixon. You know, we support firearms, but a lot of butts in there. Yeah, we don't any want butt. any butts. We're not expecting to, you know... Come up tomorrow with you know uh, semi-auto's. We're not expecting tomorrow to have you know AK forty-sevens or you know bazooka strapped to our shoulders. We just expect a little bit of difference in policy, so it's not Nationals two point for all the pro-gun parties in Queensland and around Australia. We want some difference. We want you know so people can make a decision. Like, why would I vote for One Nation, for an example, if it's a Nationals policy, or the if an SFP? I know your policy, but if it was same as say One Nation's, or it was the same as who? How are we going to know? Like, we, we need some difference in policy, so we know who we're going. To vote for
1: Yeah look and, and just to Continue on With what I was Saying before This gets down to uh, Okay say, say One Nation Does get a heap Of uh, candidates elected um, They all have Significant influence On a government policy But they won't Take the fight Far enough For, for shooters And it's just Going to be A wasted opportunity I'm still saying The shooters Vote for them Yeah But be aware At the end of the day They're not going to Take the fight Far enough For, for us and it is a wasted opportunity. OK, let's look. at look, The LDP, they're not registered yet, and neither are we. But I've, I've got grave concerns regarding the LDP's decisions. That, you know, they've taken on a well-known anti-gun campaigner in Mark Latham. And yes, they have a strong firearms policy, but that decision to take on Latham says to me that at the end of the day, their commitment to libertarian matters is much stronger and will take precedence over firearms matters. Um, You know, what what you were alluding to then, you know, what should Queensland shooters do? Okay, the Queensland Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party is the only party in Queensland by far that has the strongest policy and position on firearms. We're the only party that can honestly guarantee that we will give top preference to firearms related matters. You know, if elected, and the problem is currently we don't have enough support, so... We need Queensland shooters to get behind us and join the party so we can become registered for number one and for number two that we've got strength in numbers, you know with the strength will come a, with that strength in numbers <clears throat> will come a really strong bargaining position. So yeah, while I'm saying look vote for the pro firearm minor party by all means, but if shooters in Queensland really want to make a difference and they're in a good position politically at the moment to do that if we can get enough numbers in in parliament we will be able to halt the nfa in its tracks as far as queensland goes get you know the, the queensland sfp will do more for shooters than the uh, than the other pro firearms parties and the reason why because shooting is our bread and butter it's not the bread and butter of, of KAP. It's not the bread and butter of One Nation, and it's not, the as we've seen by their policy, and it's not the bread and butter of the LDP. Although they've got a strong policy, they turn around and take on someone like Mark Latham. You know, if, if Mark Latham wanted to join the Queensland SFP, we'd have said, no, thanks. You know, yep, yep. You know that's, that's, that's the bottom line. So the bottom line is, the Queensland shooters want, want to do what's best for Queensland shooters? Well, the ball's in their court.
0: Mate, we do a bit of a segment here. It's a bit of a fun segment. Five questions in under a minute. You reckon you can take that challenge? I'll
1: give it a go. <laughs> All
0: right, three, two, one. All right, best thing about being a hunter shooter, what is it and why?
1: Um, eating the product of your efforts.
0: Your favourite aspect of hunting, what is it and why?
1: I'm going to sound like a fat bastard here, but eating the product of my efforts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> favourite species you want to hunt outside Australia, what is it and why?
1: Um, elk.
0: Yep. Okay. If you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? America. All right. Favorite firearm, your own. What is it and why? I think we'll we're that one. Yeah, we've done <laughs> that one. Three-hour wait. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Thirty-four seconds. That's got to be some type of record. <laughs> nah, unbelievable. They don't
1: sound like a guts, but I do like I do like um, harvesting uh, my own game here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright mate Finish off Tell us a story Maybe a hunting story Maybe a personal accomplishment Something that can uh, uh, I, You know You can sell to the shooters Not a 10 second story Something a little bit longer That we can feel like We're there We're living it Sort of thing Because people will always Email me So they like a good story To finish off
1: Yeah well I um I don't know I, I guess um, I probably didn't wasn't able To go hunting Until I was 11 or 12 Much, much to my um Displeasure But uh, Had my first buster Off a horse When I was about Two and a half So But I was hunting from when I was about by myself. and When I was about four, I used to get the little pedal trike, and I'd pedal down the driveway with the farm dogs, and we'd go to a stand of balar down in the down the paddock a bit, and there were plenty of there was a rabbit warren, and there was plenty of hares there, and I'd sew the dogs into these furry critters, and no doubt the dogs would, you know, after a while, would catch a few, and I'd come back with two or three of these these um, animals in the tray of the little little tricycle peddling little legs off all the way back so hunting is probably something that's been ingrained in me since since the day dot um i'm born up brought up with it and it's something that i'll probably do until till i finish you know i, I uh, i'm a boring hunter i suppose I, I i get out there and i like to poke around and you know and I shoot a nice buffalo and i'll take the back straps off him or i'll get a set of horns or um set of horns off a goat um yeah, as I said, I don't really have any specific one story. Although I suppose um, crows—I don't know how many people out there are, are able to nail a crow. I don't.
0: I've nailed a few in my time on the riverina where it's legal. So.
1: Well, I've nailed tend, tend to nail more with a truck than I do with anything
0: else. Yeah, they're one of the smartest birds in the world, eh? Well, very, yeah, yeah, right they are.
1: They are, and you know why? Because they warn their mates. They warn their mates, and you know why I get them with the, with the truck more so than I get them with a the car?
0: <laughs> why?
1: Because they can't say truck.
0: They can say car, car, car. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Mate, how many, how many uh, people do you need to get the party registered in Queensland? Um, do you obviously, okay, first of all, the question is where are you at? Right how do they contact you? How do they get involved? How do they become members so you can get registered?
1: Okay, they can contact us on our Facebook via our Facebook page or they can send uh, an email to our Secretary and you spoke about him before young Jacob and his email is jfinance so it's j-f-e-r-n-a-n-c-e at a u. Jacob's our Secretary uh, very capable, very helpful young man he'd be more than happy to uh, steer people in the right direction as far as numbers go, um, look, the cut-off line is, is 500. And the reality is, you need more than 500 because not everybody replies to the electoral commission's uh, verification process. So we, we're going to need, you know, we really do need several hundred more members. We need to, we want to get up around about the 800,000 mark if we can. And what shooters need to realise is the more members we've got, the stronger our bargaining position. That's the bottom line. So at the moment, the memberships are $10, pretty cheap. Even if it's the, the, the normal rate of $30, that's in Queensland. This is not, I'm not talking about anywhere else, but in Queensland, even if it's the normal rate of $30, it's still cheap. People will spend money. They join the Shooters Union. They join the SSAA. They go and buy a box of bullets. They go and buy a box of grog. Mate, 30 bucks is nothing. You can't buy a box, hardly buy a box of bullets these days for $30. You can't buy a cart and a grog for it. So, you know, spend your 30 bucks, become a member, uh, help us get registered, reply to the uh, Electrical Commission verification process, and, and get involved in a local branch. Form a, get 10 mates together and form a local branch um, and do something to help yourselves. Now, don't sit back, like you and I have been talking about, don't sit back and grizzle on social media. We all do it. I'm as guilty as anyone else. Um, but at the end of the day, all it does is make, is, is make oneself feel better. It doesn't achieve much other than that. Join the, join the Queensland Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party because we're the ones that will um, and are guaranteed to fight for your rights as shooters over and above all the other pro parties.
0: All right, uh, Clem Wheatley joins me here on the Australian Hunting Podcast representing the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party. Clem, thanks for your time and uh, sharing with me today. Thank you.
1: No worries. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.